0: All hatred be the love Beyond toleration be the love Before pride and exaltation be the love
1: You are listening to Be The Love, transcending through the shadows into a higher state of consciousness. We are souls on the journey, opening up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. I am Stacy Musial.
0: And I am Sam Fernandez, and we are your co-hosts at Be the Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. Hop on board the Ascension Bus.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love, Transcending Through the Shadows. My name is St- Stacy Musial.
0: And I am Sam Fernandez.
1: And we are your co-hosts and Souls on the Journey. And I'd like to begin by inviting you just to take a moment and just get centered with us. And it feels safe for you to begin by taking a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, just releasing anything that is keeping you from being present in this moment. And take another deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, just breathing out anything that you're ready to release. And just take another deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. And just feeling connected to the breath in this present moment. And remembering that you always have your breath to come back to Welcome Philip Wade. After a 14 year meditation journey, Philip experientially realized the nature of the true self which referred to itself in the realization as infinite silence. In his former life, Philip was a chartered civil engineer and director of a large consultancy business. That was all left behind in 2009 to focus on a deep inner calling. His style is simple, compassionate, and offers exquisite clarity. His sharing is all based on direct experience and not rooted in any tradition. He shares this profound gift with the world through direct experience spiritual inquiry and infinite touch so well, thank you so much for being here with us today philip
2: thank you i'm delighted to be here with you here stacy and uh, sam and also uh, to uh, welcome and thank you to all your listeners listening to this so th- mm. a delight to be here thank
1: you thank you it's such a pleasure to have you here and share your your experience with us and so let's just go ahead and jump right in um we'd love to hear a little bit about how you went from engineering to to tapping into the spiritual world.
2: Sure, yeah. I think the thing that I always say when this question comes up was, although I recognize now there was something there much earlier in my life, I think the trigger in the midst of that engineering career was actually when I was on a skiing holiday uh, in Whistler in the year 2000. Mm. Uh, You know, so I'm sure everybody knows where Whistler is, West Coast, Canada. And that's thousands of miles from home, And I, um, uh, two weeks skiing. And I remember after a hard day skiing, going to bed one night and then waking up the next morning and I'd been dreaming about work. And I thought, and I remember saying to myself under my breath at the time, this has got to stop.
0: <laughs>
2: and... Kind of one thing led to another after that um, because it wasn't long after that holiday I uh, was checking out of a bookstore and I saw this little book and it was called The Little Book of Calm Mm -hmm. and it was by a guy in Australia called Paul Wilson and I thought that's what I'm looking for. I was quite calm on the outside but obviously in the inside there was something And that had like little things that you could do and I carried it around in my briefcase for quite some time and the next thing that I remember was a few months later at an airport um, and I saw another book by the same guy uh, called Calm for Life Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and that's what started me on meditation because the book amongst many other things taught me how to meditate and I absolutely committed to that. Uh, even though my working career was very, and life was very busy, I made sure I meditated for half an hour every day. And I noticed changes starting to take place quite quickly. And I just kept going and kept going and more and more things opened up. Uh, uh, things like alternative therapies and so forth. Uh, and I sort of started to pursue some of those in parallel with my working life. And about five years into that uh, uh, awareness has started to arise that my path was no longer starting to lie in the direction of uh, civil engineering, but was going in a new direction. Uh, mm. The meditation continued uh, and by 2009, as you said in the little bio there, uh, I, I, I realized that the decision had been made. I was gonna pursue a calling that I couldn't really articulate properly but i just knew that i had to follow it and i, and I would regret it if i didn't mm. and i just w- essentially just walked out having turned a big contract around i was a hero as far as the company was concerned that the, the, uh, the, the client was i was very happy the staff were happy but i said i'm going i, I just gotta go there's something calling me mm. um, and it was really after that thing started to accelerate uh, and deepen and one set of in spiritual insights after another, and it just kept going and going and going. <laughs> so it was like that, really. It was, it was, yeah. it was really the meditation that was the central piece mm-hmm. for me, uh, and I just followed that to its natural conclusion. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Oh, so it sounds like you really just tapped into that self, and that something else was leading you.
2: I would say so. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily have understood that when I started. Mm-hmm. Uh, But certainly as things deepened and particularly from when I left work behind, uh, I started to, the meditation obviously practice had deepened enough then for me to start to recognise the inner signs more clearly Uh, and I started to follow those. um, And and when anything came up I absolutely kind of followed it um, with dedication really. Mm If there was things that needed to be faced, I faced them. And I'd already done that in the build-up to leaving work behind. There were some big decisions made in my life prior to that. Uh, But I I realised that I just had this sense that unless I face this stuff, deal with this stuff and follow the signs, um, I just had this sense that the end game was something important Mm. that couldn't really be described. And eventually, started to realise it was bringing an end to, what what is called in many spiritual traditions suffering, Mm. and so I just absolutely committed. There was nothing more important than this in my life, really.
1: That sounds like a really beautiful journey that and that's led you to this point. Um, Uh, Yeah, I
2: would say very lucky, very blessed. Um, and it wasn't necessarily all a bed of roses. I wouldn't want people to get the wrong idea, but the things that I faced and dealt with had to be faced and dealt with to get to this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, it was that commitment and the recognition of the importance of it, I would say, were really, really key, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it sounds like just tapping into that place and, and, maybe not, not falling into that resistance that so many people. Yeah, might.
2: absolutely. I see that a lot in people I, I work with now and I realized that it was just resistance mm-hmm. and that any of the stuff I was carrying emotionally, energetically was actually my stuff and it, mm-hmm. it needed to be dealt with. Um, mm-hmm. And so I realized that actually, because of things I'd, I'd done various complementary therapies as part of the process, I realized the benefits of not running away from any of that and actually uh, as I say to people now look it straight in the eye face it head on but from a space of awareness and so for me it was it wasn't about uh, resisting it was about following the calling really although there was clearly resistance there at times.
1: (laughs) So let's talk about um, societal labels and the labels that we give ourselves versus who we really are, um, especially in terms of, you know, following um, our truth, right? And so, and how we dig deeper into recognizing and embracing our truth through spiritual inquiry and self-realization.
2: Yes, do you want me to say something about that whole thing about, so I think the key thing that eventually I would say to people right up front is that which you are seeking, and everybody's seeking this whether they recognize it consciously or not, is that which you already are, and by that I mean infinite awareness or infinite consciousness or as it expressed itself um, in the realization, infinite silence, these are all different words for the same, same thing. And the only block to it, the only block to it is a belief in that which you are not, which manifests it as I am this Mm body-mind and the story that goes with it. Um, Now, the belief in that is so strong and it's reinforced by all the conditioning you go through right from the moment of your birth, uh, by whether it be parents, siblings... Uh, teacher, society in general, everything says you are this body-mind. But actually, as you deepen into a meditative practice, you start to recognize that there's a, a presence, an awareness that is untouched and unmoved by all of this. And the process of self-realization is about realizing that, that's hence the word realization, um, and that, that that has never not been here in all of your existence. And it's about coming to that awareness and there's some simple things we can talk about and go onto to help people start to see that if you, know, if you want to do that at some point. so Yeah,
1: absolutely. So um, tell us a little bit about what, um, how you came to that conclusion after coming from where you were to where you are now and recognizing that inner self and that, that awareness.
2: Yeah, it was a combination of things, I think really in my own, um, obviously I've been I'd committed to the meditation and that brought stillness and calm. In parallel with that, I was pursued. I pursued one or two things. Uh, you people might have heard of it. Uh, emotional freedom techniques. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was quite popular in the US, I think. Um, I also uh, explored Reiki and other forms of hands-on healing called quantum touch.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: A combination of all the awarenesses and things I was learning there. Started to open me up more and more. Um. But really, the key was the meditation, and then one—I suppose one thing led to another—and I started to open up to a, a spiritual inquiry, really, that resolving a question, you know, who am I really? And as I—I I only read a relatively small number of what I would call books from what I would call truly realized beings. But they had a profound influence on me because by this time with a combination of the meditation and all those other practices I started to see the truth behind what was being pointed at in the words and it started to manifest through um, quite profound spiritual experiences at the first of the, the really first major one of those was a deep seeing I had in 2011 which came in a kind of it wasn't really a dream, it was kind of a dream-like state, but it was a meditative state when I was given a very clear insight that I was to let all of the stuff I'd been learning go. And the message was uh, just, you. it was basically use your heart-based intention to, con- what it came to me was use your heart-based intention to connect with the spheres, was the words I got. And I remember coming to the next morning and remembering this kind of uh, message that had appeared during the night and I said what was it it was said just use your intention to connect with the spheres so by this time I was already fairly pract- very practiced with the meditation very practiced with alternative things like EFT, quantum touch and so forth. So oh, let's just give it a go. And I, the instant I made that choice, there was a huge wash of energy went through my body. And this lasted for quite some time. And it it felt like I was being reprogrammed from the inside. Uh, you know, like upgraded to Philip version, you know, 10.0 or something. <laughs> you know, it, was like, it was like that. And it and I thought wow that was amazing and this lasted for some time because up until that point if with everything I'd learned I'd re- I would felt like you always had to work at you know do A and B happens kind of thing mm-hmm. but literally I just there was just a choice made open to this and what reinforced it was Uh, I actually felt compelled to share it with a group of friends I was working with at the time uh, on various aspects of healing. And I said, guys, just try this. Just try this, this one line, just use your intention to connect with the spheres. And the reports came flooding in back by email over the next few days. And they all had similar experiences and they were Mm -hmm. like absolutely amazed. and I thought, well, really onto something here. And the next thing happened, I got this really strong message uh, that this was uh, the words open source, mm-hmm. which uh, it wasn't a term I understood in those days. But long story short, it was, it was the 20th anniversary, almost to the day of the forming of the open source foundation for the Linux software and I found a a short video about it and I realized that I'd been given this awareness and this experience Mm -hmm. to share with the world. So I did that uh, and created this website and uh, open source way of sharing what became known as the spheres of light meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, And that then turned out eventually as the realization manifested in 2014 was the precursor step to what is now the infinite silence meditation, which I share with the world. Uh, And it was through using that meditation. It was like a bridge, an energetic bridge. And it was that one in 2011. And then there was a series of other mega experiences in the lead up where profounder and deeper and deeper scenes, which would take quite a long time to explain, to you happened. But they were off the scale type experiences, um, where the body was like, it was plugged into the electricity mains, this kind of thing. And each of those, the scene became clearer and deeper, clearer and deeper. And I became aware that there was just this presence, Mm -hmm. which was then made unequivocally clear in 2014, when in a very very profound meditative space i'm going to use some words here now to describe that which is beyond words so mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you kind of have to go with this but in that in in and as that space there was suddenly there was no sense of this body that we call philip
0: mm-hmm.
2: there was no sense of an identity of philip there was no thought there was only a sense of eternity that's the only word i could use to describe that eternity mm. infinity no personal dimensions to that and and, and knowing that i non-personal was this mm. and not only that there was there never been a time that i'd not been that And I sometimes express it this way. It was like everything had changed and nothing had changed. Come on to that in a moment. So that you could say that experience lasted for eternity and that would be accurate. But at some point in human time, linear time, there was still no sense of Philip, still no sense of a body. Two words emerge and that was infinite silence and in that same moment the vaguest sense of a body a form a physical form I could only say started to reappear it was like it was a shell at that point very 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 faint and gradually over I don't know how long it started to re-emerge along with the remembering of Philip but a realisation that, as I said, everything had changed and nothing had changed and what I mean by that is, who I thought I was, which was Philip the man with that story we've just mm. talked a little bit about, wasn't actually true. That which I really was, was this infinite silence, infinite consciousness or infinite awareness. And I'd never not been that. And that. Where is so unequivocally clear. It was like, you know, you don't forget that, you don't miss that. And uh, so from that day, it's, it's there's never been, um, shall we say a moment where that awareness isn't there. And a part of the insight that came with that, my body was on fire um, with this energy shift. And the mind, tried to kick back in. um, And I was given the insight that life is death. And what I realised instantly that meant was it was that the identity of Philip was was dying or had died. Uh, And what remained was life itself, which is the infinite silence. And it, it was really through that process, this unequivocal awareness that has never not been here mm-hmm. was confirmed fully. I'd been seeing parts of it up until that point. And then it was made unequivocally clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That sounds really beautiful. It sounds like you were really able to drop away those those labels. Um, the labels that we tend to give ourselves, you know, of who we are as. Is- um, humans, the yeah, the daughter, the son, the artist, the doctor, uh, whatever label you give yourself, um, that sounds like it really fell away. It wasn't Philip the engineer. It was it was just this um, other deep infinite self.
2: Um, Absolutely, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So um, you mentioned maybe taking us through a little exercise around diving into that, or or maybe a meditative. Um, exercise to around the who am I um, would you be uh, called to do that now this oh way? yeah
2: we can precursor that a little bit sure and then do the little uh, who am, uh what I call the who am I exercise but it might be useful for the listeners to just first and they, you can close your eyes whilst doing this people listening to this You can do it with your eyes open, but it's just, you'll probably find it a little bit easier if you've got your eyes closed. Just first, as your eyes are closed, simply noticing all that's unfolding here in your body. So there's there's breath there, there's physical sensations, there may be some emotion for some people, or feelings, and there may even be thoughts there. But as you're noticing all of this without any judgment, just recognizing that uh, over your life, all of these phenomena, because all of these things are phenomena, they come and go. So one minute there may be no emotion there. And then there is an emotion. And then that passes over time. The same is true with thoughts, feelings, all sensations. They're all changing over time. So the question is, what is it, who is it that sees all those changes? Are you the changing field of thoughts, feelings, emotions? Or are you the one that can see and report all that happening? the mere fact that all these things can be observed and reported is a clear indicator that actually there's an awareness here that is simply watching or a witness to the waves of all these phenomena they come they arise and they go. And they're seen, to be able to report to them, to be able to share with other people, there has to be a presence that sees the arising and the falling away. So I'm just going to pause there for a second in the little exercise. Just to kind of just check in with Stacy and Sam, just to say to people, this is a simple way. This is a precursor to another exercise I'm going to go into in a moment to be able to recognise that there's a presence or a witness, mm-hmm. is the alright, mm-hmm. to the phenomena. And because we so often identify with the phenomena, I am this emotion or this thought. But actually that's not really true when you look at it in the way I'm describing. There's a presence that saw the emotion come and go.
1: So what would you call, or how would you identify that presence?
2: So that presence is what I refer to as the silent witness. It's simply silent because it is silent. And it's simply an awareness that is simply observing the appearance of phenomena. You see consciousness is like a green screen. You're all familiar with green screens, you know, you can project anything you like on the green screen. So all these phenomena are simply appearances. But the silent witness is untouched and unmoved by it. It just simply observes. So the the key to meditation and so forth is about recognizing that witnessing presence. And if you can start to open to that and see that, then you're onto a winner.
1: And so how does one recognize that?
2: So we're gonna go a little bit deeper now with the, the exercise to start to open that up a little bit more because that was the like a, a precursor step to start to mm-hmm. see that the phenomena are coming and going.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So what we'll do now is take it a, a couple of steps further to help people recognize this more clearly. Mm-hmm. I call it the who am I exercise so we can close our eyes again it's again you can do this with your eyes open but it's probably going to be a lot easier (laughs) if you've got your eyes closed so having recognized the possibility that there's some witnessing presence this silent witness here we can now close our eyes and simply silently inside ask the question who am I who am I and we can just rest with that. a few moments. And if you want before we do the next phase we can just open our eyes again and just check in here. I don't know if you want to share anything, if anything came to you Stacey, but what I could say when I do that with groups of people uh, there could be 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, or even online. The kinds of responses that I get when I get people to do that exercise vary from people going straight to mind and saying, I am this body, I'm a woman, a man, uh, a role, a parent, you know, something like that, through to people who have perhaps been used to meditation a bit more, who start to start to get a sense of, maybe that's not quite right I I might get a word like love or stillness or something like that
1: that's what came to me is I was love pure love yeah
0: yeah yeah for me it was uh for me it wasn't so much a word as it was just kind of I just envisioned as soon as you know you said and I said to myself who am I just this burst of light that's all Mm -hmm. I saw almost like fireworks just It
2: was like, Mm. oh wow! Good. So, in both of those cases now, uh, and that's quite. These are quite common things that you're both reporting there, and the listeners might have had their own things. So, things like this are um, starting to move deeper into and get closer to this awareness that I'm talking about. So, what we do then now is take the exercise a little bit further. And this is uh, uh, useful for people who are um, perhaps not uh, used to meditation or have a spiritual practice. This can help them go deeper with this. So we close our eyes again. And as we do that, we're just asking this time, who am I? Without memory, who am I without memory? And we can just sit with that for a moment or two. The listeners can do the same and just see what emerges. Who am I without memory? Good. So whenever it seems right to you we can open our eyes and whilst uh, Sam and Stacey are just doing that, when I share that with a group, people typically start to go deeper. They move beyond. If they were in body mind identification, they start to move into love, peace, and so forth. People who are more, uh, perhaps, been more meditating and so forth, they start to get words like void silence stillness and this is getting us much closer i don't know if you guys want to share what you got there if anything
0: yeah i'll i'll uh definitely share it so i got um three words um because you did ask it a few times so the first one i got was energy the second one i got was infinity and then the third response i got was no one
2: perfect
0: yeah and when, when I when 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 I, I, I got the no one message, my uh I guess you could say like my my ego brain or something immediately went to well that sounds kinda negative. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, but it's actually a positive thing. <laughs> because with who am I without memory, I'm no one. And that's good. That's it's it's not a bad thing, you know.
2: Okay. Well, yeah aside from the ego bit did you get did you notice anything else energetically there for you as you you got
0: that um i did notice energetically that it felt and again this is a this is not to to uh be a negative thing but it did feel empty but it was a good empty like one of those empties Mm -hmm. that there's just space space Yeah. yeah okay good Good. And that's
1: the feeling I got, was just the empty feeling of just everything else fell away. There was just like a deep sense of peace.
2: Exactly. Yes. I'm glad you used the word empty there, um, Sam, and, and, and you got the same thing there, Stacy. because energy, was it in, in, energy, infinity, no one. These are all actually very, now we're starting to get really clear now and the empty word as to what this is that I'm talking about, because it is infinite, as in in infinite silence. Mm -hmm. The emptiness that you're referring to, you said, uh, as you quite rightly noticed, it's not a negative thing. It was actually, sometimes it's referred to as one empty fullness. Mm -hmm. There's a oneness to it, It's completely devoid of all of the issues around a personal identity, and that's what it's empty of, identity and belief. But it's full of energy, that's the energy word, that is infinite and it's also self-aware. And what I mean by that is aware of itself as that, as as this energy, as this infinite field of energy that is, shall we say, both empty and full at the same time. Mm-hmm. And consciousness, it turns out, a useful way to look at consciousness is energy that's aware of itself. Mm-hmm. And this emptiness that you talked about, Sam, is infinite and it's non-personal. Mm-hmm. And it's also unchanging and unmoving and it's aware it sees so to speak it's called the unseen seer that's what infinite silence is or infinite consciousness and it's that that you we all of us collectively are that and there's never been a time and there never will be a time you're not that But it's easy to forget that because you identify, because you've been conditioned and everybody has been conditioned into identifying with what's going up on on in the mind. And so we associate a lot of our attention up here, but as we take away the second part of the exercise is very clever. It takes away without memory. It takes away all of the identity and belief conditioning in one fell swoop and you suddenly start to open to awareness now this simple exercise that i did in three steps there people can use as we as i like to say anytime any place anywhere it's a meditation in its own right and it can be done in a matter of moments i took a bit longer over it there just to explain it to people but you could do this you know just stop in the midst of your day who am i or if need be who am i without memory and this you can do this several times throughout a day as a very simple meditation to bring you from here into the silence of the heart space and if you do this regularly, and if this is the only thing you ever did, this would be enough. This would be enough. That is beautiful,
1: because it really does drop away all the stories that we tell ourselves. Exactly. The, exactly. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I don't belong, um, which, you know, kind of leads us into talking about some of those beliefs and how some of those beliefs might, might limit us.
2: Yeah, exactly. Do you want me to comment on that? Yes. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Okay. So, um, the only block, I may have said this already, but it's worth repeating a hundred times, a thousand times, a million times, the only block to the experiential realization of this true self, which is non-personal as infinite silence or infinite consciousness, is belief. <clears throat> and that belief manifests as i am this body mind and you've been conditioned into believing that and you've believed it that once that belief falls away which is what the second part of the exercise does then you start immediately to open to that awareness and you see these beliefs they act as a block to it, and whilst there's only one core, fundamentally flawed, fundamentally flawed belief: I am this body, mind, and I am separate from the rest of the universe. As a result of that, mm. immediately there's suffering. This is, the Buddha said, "In suffering, sorry, in life there is suffering." And what he meant by that was that the instant there's identification there's belief and there's attachment, which all come in a package, then there's suffering. That belief goes, the suffering goes. Mm -hmm. However, because we've spent so long as the body mind and thinking we're that, it's rare for that all to go in one fell swoop. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because with belief and suffering, we build up An emotional body and belief is core to the uh, emergence so to speak and the experience of the emotional body and so belief acts as a limitation it acts as a block and it's also acts like a kind of armor because this identity is trying to protect and preserve itself Uh, from all the other identities out there which have uh, some similar and some different belief sets and this causes internal conflict within you and because all the egos in the world are trying to in small less self-preservation mode they get into conflict with all the other egos and that could lead to a a family dispute, it could mm. lead to a relationship breakdown, it could relate to problems in a community, it, it results in war between nations, all because of this one mistaken belief. Mm. And every belief, every belief out there, uh, or whatever it is, is a subset of this one mistaken belief of separation from the infinite universe every belief and so to get straight to the point so to speak we have to look at the belief i am this body mind and see that it's fundamentally flawed so every war every conflict everything that's ever happened in terms of suffering all came from this belief
1: and how might changing that belief change our outer existence?
2: It, dramatically. It, it can happen quickly, um, but that's usually quite a challenge because we really love our beliefs. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but if, if one was to completely, in this moment, right here, right now, be prepared to totally and utterly let go of all of those beliefs then what would naturally flow and emerge was the awareness of I am awareness, I am infinite silence. And you actually both touch that in that little exercise. Yeah. What happens typically is because of conditioning, mind quickly kicks back in uh-huh. and you start to go, but 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 So let's
1: talk well, so oh, sorry. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. I am presence, because everything that follows the I am, is an identification. So, correct. How powerful is the is that those two words together?
2: I am. Two the words I am are very powerful, and we typically, as you've just pointed out, follow them with I am. And it might be a woman or a man in some of my cases, and so, and then you become, that becomes a belief, instant you add that, you instantly believe that, and so you become that, you become your beliefs. Now the I am presence is something that's misunderstood, so I need to unpack that a little bit for me, because people, we're so used to using the word I, we use the word I a lot and what we mean is the personal I.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: As, as, as Stacey or as Sam or any of our listeners. The I am presence is an infinite I. It's not personal. I, infinity, the infinity Sam, am. I am equals being, pure being, not personal, not in any way. There's nothing after this mm-hmm. I am. And that I am, you remember I referred to spheres and spheres of light earlier.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: One of the insights that came to me and the realisations came to me was that spheres of light was actually a direct reference in another way to this I am presence spheres of light equals I, the I am presence. Hmm. If you wanted to kind of like give a visual image, the reason it shows spheres is because the sphere from, if you like, the centre of a sphere, infinite, infinite in it, in every direction, an infinite sphere of light is the I hmm. am presence. And from that I am presence, the whole physical domain, gets created. However, there's something more important still to understand here. I am, the I am presence can be seen. It can be noticed. Just even this infinite I am that's not personal. In that exercise that we did who am I without memory. If you you'll be able to notice, and we perhaps do this later when we do the meditation, even the sense, this sense of the universal I am presence can be seen. There's an awareness that sees it. What that tells you is that there's something, It's not a thing, but I'll have to use the word, (laughs) there's an awareness, even before what's called the I am presence. So that which is, that which we all are, is before I am. Before the infinite I am. And it's that that is the infinite silence or the infinite consciousness or the infinite awareness. The first expression of the infinite silence is the I am, is the I am presence is spheres of light these are the same thing or in spiritual traditions that have many recognized this in different ways it could be referred to as spirit if you came from a um shall we say a christian tradition you would call it um that is the trial there's a triality in consciousness triangle They're actually all in one and it's best more effectively described as in my language as it manifested in me, uh, or here as Philip, which not not me personally, in this awareness. Infinite silence, which is infinite consciousness or infinite awareness spheres of light or the I am presence, both the same, and then form, physical form. And that's the triality of consciousness. And you need all of these three to create experiencing along with space and time. Now, you might, people might recognize that as, uh, say from a Christian tradition, they would call that father, spirit, son. That's the same triality. But the term father gives the impression that of uh, gender and it's genderless. It would be more accurate to say father, mother as Mm -hmm. one. Spirit, spheres of light or I am presence. Son would be better expressed as son, daughter. In many spiritual traditions, this triality is recognized, but to take the kind of um, conditioned labels away from it, I will refer to it as infinite silence, spheres of light and form, the triality of consciousness, but the, the core of that is the infinite silence. So I hope that was useful. <laughs> Sorry, that was quite long, but
1: no, that was absolutely wonderful. I love that. I love that reframe because then you know we're also, um, I think a lot of um, spiritual traditions or religious traditions tend to take out the feminine, and yeah. you know, and and so it's it's nice to to have that being brought in as you know an all-encompassing, um, you know, the the son, daughter, father, mother, because it's. It's all inclusive.
0: Um, Absolutely.
2: It, it, I was just trying to associate sort of it's more, it would be more accurate to say it that mm-hmm. way than yeah. the way that it's been articulated in some traditions.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that, that that was a beautiful explanation. So thank you for, for sharing that. Um, so I'd like to, you mentioned um, in some of your work about the emotional pain body. Can you tell us a little bit more about? what the emotional pain body is and why it's so important for spiritual growth and ascension?
2: Sure. Yeah. So it the, the emotional pain body or the emotional body which is the way I most often refer to it as is a direct result of that belief again, I am this body and mind. Mm-hmm. And and so with that comes a polarity in consciousness you get a polarity which is basically fear and love, kind of like we, we, we have this expect- spectrum of fear and love. And with that, I, because there's this polarity or appearance of a duality, opposites, duality is consciousness is opposites, hot, cold, tall, small, fear, love, you know, these are these are dual experiences. That forms with that belief in place. And so you go through childhood being conditioned into believing in something that actually you're not. So immediately there's an inner conflict, which you might not realize as a young child, that's getting built upon and built upon, moving you away, or giving the experience of moving you away from the source of that which you are. This in itself is the cause of suffering, but it then gets built upon by conditioning from parents, siblings and experiences in life where you're told you're not good enough or something goes wrong and you're attached to an outcome or things being a specific, all of these experiences or some particularly traumatic event occurs, all of these build the emotional body and it builds and builds and builds over time. And you'll, people will notice that events in life get they get triggered by events in life you know as as something happens one minute you're calm and then somebody says something to you or something happens on the television and suddenly you're feeling very emotional upset angry all of that is coming from the emotional body that's been built up and built up and it's all historic it's all historic Now, and we know that uh, it's the emotional body because we can use an example. So you might, an event might occur and you're walking down the street, everything's okay. Let's say you're with a friend. An event happens and suddenly you see this event and you're now say very upset by it, but your friend is completely unmoved by it. Now, was it the event? or was it something in you and I've described it that way for people to recognize instantly it can't be the event that was the cause, there was something you were carrying and this event occurred that caused an energetic triggering of the emotional body. Now this is very important in spirituality because what life is doing all of the time is presenting not challenges but invitations for us to move beyond the suffering now you might say oh it was that person there they made me hang angry well not really because your friend was not touched by it at all we're not condoning the unloving behaviors because that does happen in life of us but what we're saying here is actually, there's an invitation for you to move beyond this event that's triggering you. And so people see emotions and so forth as challenges and you're taught generally, certainly in the UK, and I guess it's pretty similar with you guys, you tend to pretend to support, to suppress them, not deal with them, not face, run away from them. This is actually a completely the wrong approach, or ineffective maybe not wrong is not the right word an ineffective approach. Actually, the instant there's an emotion here, there's a triggering of the emotional body, the key is to recognize it, accept that it's here, not fight it, not to run away from it, feel it fully, but and now remembering the who am I without Mm -hmm. memory exercise, look at it from that awareness space directly. And what you'll find is that, and this may take practice at first, when you trust that awareness, that infinite awareness, that empty stillness, looking at the emotion recognizing you're not the emotion a miracle will happen it will start to dissolve the wave will have arisen and you effortlessly it will dissolve of its own accord and the more you can trust that presence the awareness the infinite silence the faster that will happen and all of life is going through is inviting you to dissolve this emotional body and recognize yourself as awareness even the most mundane events are all invitations some of them get are bigger than others and that's usually because we're not listening you know we're we're going with this the head rather than the, the awareness of the heart And dissolving the emotional body is central to the realization of the self because people can have quite profound awakening type experiences this happens quite a lot they may have a deep awakening a deep seeing and then suddenly find themselves back in suffering and the reason that happens is because there's a it's like a almost like a pull a gravitational pull from the emotional body to come back into identification and so the emotional body for an anchored realization has to be dissolved sufficiently so that one can rest as awareness always that's how important the pain body or the emotional body is and the more that you can become practiced at recognizing awareness and facing what comes up as it happens, the more that you will deepen into the realization of that awareness.
0: And I, um, yeah, and I, I I love, I love how you used uh, emotional body over pain body, because you're right, I mean, the example that you provided, you know, of, of, of a man and his friend, and then something happens and it angers the man, but it does not anger the friend. And when, um, me specifically, when I think about, you know, the, uh, you know, emotional pain or, or you know, uh, things in my past, it's always, you know, in a negative sense, right? So we have to work on the negative, we have to work on the negative, but that's not necessarily true. Um, and, you know, Buddha talked about this, as well, is that, just as the negative, so is the positive, you know? So the times when, when, you know, you're happy, you're ecstatic, you're excited about something, you still, it it would still be good practice to take the step back, to acknowledge, to feel the emotion and then to let it go. Cause, you know, I mean, it's hanging on, hanging on the negative is, it's simple. And to, you know, people like, like myself who had, uh, has post-traumatic stress, it's, it's comfortable right um, but there are people who hang on to that positive and that excitement and that happiness and that's comfortable as well but to hang on to either either emotion for your you know for the the observer for the watcher um the observer the watcher doesn't know emotion right it's 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 the piece it's it's that empty so that's what i have to remind myself too it's not just for the negative. It's also for the positive. It's the same practice for both, right?
2: Bingo. Absolutely great awareness, Sam. Fantastic. Because people talk about uh, go with the positive, but but actually positive and negative are just two poles,
0: Mm
2: -hmm. The, the two sides of the same coin. And this that we're talking about, this awareness, is neither negative or positive, it just is. And so um, on the side of every positive, there's a negative there waiting um, to sort of pull you back. And you, so what ends up happening in life is we, you swing back and forth and there's this pendulum going on and there's these highs and lows, highs and lows, highs and lows, and, but the awareness is untouched and unmoved by it all as you started to see when you got that infinity, no one energy, yeah. the emptiness. Now that is the source of peace. Because we, people are taught, as you've seen clearly in your own experience, to predicate their happiness on events. I'll be happy when... Mm. But that is suffering. That is suffering. Joy, true joy, doesn't have an opposite. It's a natural perfume of the awareness of the silence. And actually that's what pure being is. We, for pure being, which is a, a manifest expression, we use words like love, grace, gratitude. These are expressions, perfumes of that awareness. And they're not event based. They're not event based. So you're absolutely right to say, identifying with the positive or the negative is just another form of suffering.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Just another form of suffering that which is before and beyond all that, that's where the piece is.
1: I love that because then you're 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 recognizing that it is in this present moment. It's not one or the other. It's just right here, right now.
2: Exactly that. Yeah. 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 And that brings us to then an acceptance of that. And then that's the that and there's like just a natural perfume that arises mm-hmm. of stillness, joy, peace mm-hmm. that's not based on any turn of events,
1: not anymore. the meaning that we give. Oh, yeah, the, to the external,
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, that's beautiful. So, would you like to lead us? through uh, one of your infinite silence meditations.
2: Sure, I'd love to do that. Yeah, yeah. So we can give this about, what, about 10 minutes, something like that, yeah? Sure, yeah, Yeah,
1: absolutely.
2: Uh, So just as a precursor to it, and it's been useful for us to have had the conversation the way that we have, in the meditation, I'll use some of the terminology that we've explored already. Also, I'll start off with that awareness uh, exercise. at uh, the first part of the meditation, I'll invite you and everybody listening to open at some point in the meditation to the experience of spheres of light, the I am presence in other words, but I'll do it as spheres of light first. And then I'll invite you to open to the witness, the silent witness and then infinite silence. I'm just kind of pre-warning people just with these terms, so that they're not, oh, what was that, you know,
1: Sure.
2: So if we're going to get ourselves comfortable, whether we're going to sit down or lie down, and just simply firstly closing our eyes. as you close your eyes, just simply become aware of your body, any feelings, emotions, sensations, the breath, just simply, silently observing those, without any judgment, just accepting they are here. Just like you're watching a movie from the inside. As you simply, silently witness these phenomena without judgment, just be open now from your heart. The experience of spheres of light spheres. This energy of Spheres of Light is the same as the Universal Non-Personal State I am the infinite. I am just allowing, just noticing, I Um. Knowing now, this I am, can only be seen or witnessed, from a deeper awareness, that is the silent witness. Infinite silence merging with this silent witness that sees the eye. This silent witness is rather like some ice in an ocean of water, and it's melting. dissolving. Becoming one with the water and the water is an ocean of infinite silence infinite awareness just for now in silence we trust. In silence you will realise your Truth, you will realize you are silence, infinite. still um Infinite silence is all that. Eternity, we still. Silence in a moment continuing to rest in this as this ocean of awareness. I will ring the Ting Sha Bells three times. the sound of the bells gently fades to silence. Aware of your body, the chair you are sat on, or whatever you may be lay on. space. Whenever the moment is right for you, just gently opening your eyes.
0: Well, I am zenned out a <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, couple of times. I felt, actually felt, you know, almost like leaving the body, like it felt floaty, you know, a couple of times. And uh, <laughs> it was really interesting to um, observe that because I felt the, you know, the lightness of, you know, the only way I can describe it is, you know, leaving the body. <laughs> but immediately after that was the fear and then boom, right back in, it just got pulled in. And it happened a couple times like, oh, that's... And, you know, I didn't put any judgment on it really. I just kind of like, oh, so that's what happened. <laughs> right. um, and I also too, um, got another uh, word Come um, in as well during the meditation and the word that i got was limitless when you were talking about you know the empty and the silence and i was thinking you know well silence is limitless you know we, we have all this all this noise whether you know it's from outside sources like the media or you know family friends or if it's within through our own you know mind our our ego things like that but underlying all of that is this infinite silence, this limitless silence. And I think when I got the the, the word limitless, that's what it was referring to. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. yeah,
2: exactly that. You see, everything without silence, there would be no other phenomena. Mm-hmm.
0: Everything
2: is a vibration. So everything is a vibration and all of those vibrations return to silence. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and emerge from silence. Mm-hmm. Circular.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I felt everything. Um, you know, I've had a lot going on in my life lately and, and, you know, so a lot of that, I just felt just fall away. And I was just in, I went into the void and I just fell um, right into just that silence and, you know, nothing else mattered. And all of a sudden I also felt this oneness and connection with all. Yes. And so that was just beautiful, just to go into that place.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's the infinite silence meditation. And unlike many meditations, the difference with this is that it emerged as part of the realization in a couple of phases, and it's very powerful because it takes you directly to a space of awareness.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so, um, whatever you're doing meditation wise, it's about recognizing the awareness presence that's already there, and that way, all of the activity, all of the noise falls away of its own accord, no effort required. Mm-hmm. So, that was very powerful meditation.
1: Yes, yes, that was beautiful. And now I just want to ask a question too, because I get this question a lot um, as I guide through people in my own practice, my own psychotherapy practice through meditation. And um, a lot of people ask me, you know, am I doing it right if I fall asleep or if I, you know, um, what is the best answer? What is your answer to that?
2: Um, the falling asleep thing. Um it happens and um, and there's a number of reasons it can happen, but the usually if it's happening in meditation, there's a tiredness in the body that's not being recognized and embraced. people, particularly these days in the West and world in particular, are living life at a hundred miles an hour mm-hmm. and And so, you know, somebody starts meditating, particularly if you're new to meditation, uh, they first might start recognizing all the noise that's going on. And the other thing that they do is fall asleep. Uh, Neither of those are bad. And the falling asleep uh, happens because of that, There's a tiredness there that's not being recognized. Um, And it's it's a natural relaxation response to the meditation. So that's an indicator you do need more rest. That's important. But also there's a, there can be a tendency um, to go with that. And awareness can see, as you deepen into awareness, can see that tendency of wanting to go to sleep. And that can be watched also. And as that is watched, then you're not likely to fall asleep, there'll be a freshness that starts to, Come up. Um, It's not wrong. It's not bad. And if your body needs more sleep than sleep, Um, but it's if you're new to meditation, it's good to do it when you're fresher. So probably not a good idea to start meditating at ten o'clock night uh, if that's when you're first starting. It might be more effective to to sort of you know get up and do the meditation first thing. That doesn't mean to say you can't meditate late at night, but if you can bring yourself back to awareness, bring yourself back to awareness, using the Who Am I exercise, for instance, throughout the day, then if you do meditate later and you start, late, you're, you're less, like, less and less likely to start falling asleep.
1: Yeah, that's great. It's really about listening to the body, listening to what the body needs, and if it needs rest, there's a reason, yeah, that it's going into that place.
2: So just have awareness around that. Wonderful. The noise part I commented on when people are new to meditation, they start to notice the noise and previously they haven't really noticed it. It's just been there. And they've been like, Mm -hmm. this is a good awareness actually, because the instant you're recognizing it, it's awareness that is seeing the noise. And, or not the noise, the noise is just an appearance. So this is also. Mm-hmm.
1: Love that. And that, that distraction that keeps us all kind of away from the oneness and the awareness, the observer, right? Is that that noise of really taking it within to notice and pay attention to that, that observer, that the awareness of self within. Perfect. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Philip, for taking the time to lead us through that and to be here and share your experience with us. It's
2: been so, a delight, and hope uh, that <laughs> you'll benefit from it. So.
1: Yeah, and so tell us, tell our listeners how they can find you and what you're currently working on.
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, so, uh, probably the best and easiest way to find me is on my website, um, which gateway location.org or one word gatewaylocation.org And actually that n- domain name came <laughs> before the realization, it came as part of the process. So that's gatewaylocation.org That's the simplest way. Another, there's loads of free resources on there. Self-realization resources spiritual insights, YouTube videos, you name it. Um, another good resource to connect with me on is, is YouTube itself. Uh, if you go, if you put, if you're into YouTube and put my name along with Infinite Silence, you'll find my channel, Philip Wade, Infinite Silence. Uh, and then another resource is my Facebook page, um, which is at Infinite Silence Self-Realization. Um, so those are ways people can connect with me. I'm always doing very regularly, but not always periodically, uh, re- you know, live streams on any aspect of self-realization. I get many prompts from the awareness to talk about this, talk about the other. And i will happily to take questions live. So that they happen quite frequently. I've been doing quite a lot of because of lockdown and stuff, online retreats. Uh, so I did quite a few last year, uh, I've got one, uh, People, this will have happened by this time goes out to your listeners but look out on the website for more online retreats and if people can't attend any of the dates, what we've started to do and we did this with the uh, one that took place on the 1st or the 3rd of January this year, a two and a half day online retreat. It was on Zoom, we recorded it. And it's been edited into five YouTube videos and we're making it available for a a nominal donation to people and it's a great way for people to get a sense of what being on a retreat with me is like um, to decide if it's for them Um, so these uh, at the moment is a ridiculously low donation of £5 just to, to get 10 hours of profound insight, spiritual inquiry, meditation, uh, and exercises. Uh, Once the first 20 of those are gone, it'll be a sliding scale of donations, and you'll be able to choose whatever donation is right for you. And we're going to do that with um, both last year's retreats, which haven't yet been released uh, in this way, and the forthcoming retreat and probably future retreats. Uh, so people can have that as a permanent resource and the reason that's a valuable resource apart from maybe not being able to make the date or to see what it's like which are both good reasons to to try it that way first what um Lee found who edited the videos for me and he was a participant um, he had to listen carefully to where all the kind of little glitches were and edit them out Um, And he found that by going over it again, he really deepened the experience and he went much deeper. So it's a great resource there to have, you could watch it once and then maybe watch it again a couple of weeks later or um, three weeks later, a month later, and you'll get more from it. Uh, And there's a little bit more structure in a retreat than uh, maybe randomly going across my YouTube channel and trying to find the, the next right video, so to speak. Mm. So um, those are a great resource to, that we're, we're doing more of, uh, the, the online retreats and also the recordings of them.
1: Wonderful. Thank you. And we will um, put those in the show notes so people have access to all those resources that yeah. you have available. So. Thank you so much for being here today, Philip, and sharing your experience with us. And thank you for listening to our show. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And if you like the show, share the love by sharing it with your friends. And if you want to support the work that we're doing, please consider making a donation to our show by visiting our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash podcast. And until next time love yourself love each other and love the world love you guys
0: love you guys take care we'll talk to you later thank you again philip thank you thank you heather lynn for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show be the love if you would like to learn more about heather lynn and her music please visit her website at heatherlinmusic.com, And thank you, Chrissy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphics.
1: And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey. And thank you for hopping on the Ascension Bus with us. And remember, there is always a seat for you.